What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Okay, okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you know when there's a new episode on Buzzing with Marlo, it is Friday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Friday. I say it again for you. It is Friday. Ooh. Ooh, I, I can tell this is going to be a good one. All right, y'all. A little bit about myself this weekend. Actually, we're going to talk about it. We're going to go really in-depth with this. So, there is going to be a spoiler later on. I think maybe at the ending of our episode. There is a little event this weekend in Lake City, Florida. Continental Championship Wrestling is hosting an event in Lake City. There's this 20-man battle royal. I've been getting asked a lot. I've been messaged a lot and apparently people have been really wanting me to put my name in the hat so you know what i'm gonna just do it now i'm entering myself into the 20 man battle royal that's right american prodigy will be back live and well ready to lace it up put the gloves on and fight one more time in the building was the last building that AP wrestled in. Not not wrestled in, but obviously in that area. Um, did a major farewell. Didn't go the way I was planned. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically all I can really say. Due to health issues and stuff like that, I just really, I couldn't. So, obviously, three years now, my body is better, healthier, stronger, faster, whatever you want to say. People have been asking me all the time. Hey, when you putting it on again? Hey, when are you going to do this one more time? I'm thinking that one more time should be this weekend in Lake City, Florida. Uh, the Battle Royal, guys. So, there's your spoiler. I was going to wait till the end of the episode, but it is now. You will hear me officially. American Prodigy is entering himself into the 20-man Battle Royal in Lake City, Florida. This Saturday night at 7.30 bell time. Uh... Good card, guys. It's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. Like I said, I haven't been in the ring in three years, so don't know what to expect. I know the competition is going to be rough and tough, but guess what? I'm coming. I'm coming. All right, y'all. 
Y'all got the spoiler, you got the excitement, now I know y'all waiting to find out who my guest is today. Today, guys, we gonna change it up a little bit. We literally talk about everything. I make very, I have, take very good pride in when I say our topics are about anything and everything. So today, guys, I've been waiting to do an episode with someone talking about cannabis. Yes, guys. Cannabis, uh, marijuana, weed, whatever you want me to say, the different type of terminologies for it. We are going to talk about that today, uh, guys, because I have no knowledge of them. There's a lot of stuff when I do on the podcast that I have knowledge of. This, I don't. Um, I've never done it. I've been around it. Obviously, when you play sports and stuff like that, it's there. Uh, when I've wrestled, it's there. Uh, have I ever done it? Have I ever been peer pressured to do it? No, absolutely not. I take very strong pride. I just don't do it. But there is purposes of this, and I obviously with the the medical card for marijuana and stuff like that. That's for medical reasons. And believe it or not, guys, weed really does help medical uh, medical issues. Uh. We're going to talk to Jeremy about that. Jeremy's going to talk about the metal. We're going to talk about the perks of weed. We're going to talk about the history that the longevity of what weed has become now compared to the time that he was a little boy. Uh, the time that he first smoked weed, the first time he basically fell in love with it, uh, and what impacts has this stuff done for his life. So, and we're also going to talk about the time that he was in Amsterdam. So, I'm not wasting any more time. Also, guys, just to let y'all know, this will be part one of the interview with Jeremy Norate. Um, we will have part two next week. Next following Friday will be published. Next following Friday will be part two of our great chat. It was a blast talking to him. And I am so excited for y'all to listen. So, I'm not going to waste any more time. Everyone, so when we come back, guys, we will be joined with Jeremy Norre. Jeremy, how you say your last name, man? Nori. Nori. Okay, I I I wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> I like, was like, it's similar to Norris, just uh, Nori. Okay, hey, that's that's very unique, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm sorry that it's been basically playing tag for the last two days. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. <laughs> I know, man. When I was ready to go today, I was like, man, I got the coffee in the system, and I want to send you the link. You're like, hey, man, it's only like 6.30 here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's 9.30 here. I forgot <laughs> well, to tell you where you were. <laughs> my dogs get me up at 6.30 every morning anyway because it's their time uh -huh. to go for a walk. So, oh, okay. Not How many dogs do you I have uh, two dogs. I have a, a Basset and a Beagle, and then also a pure Basset. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got one dog, and the dog is not my choice. Uh, I love the dog itself because, obviously, you get adapted to the dog for so long. Sure. When me and my wife first started dating, she, she basically hustled me in a way. Like, she took my son, and we were like – she told me we were going to this person's house. 
And I didn't know why we were doing that. And I found out it was a breeder's house and it was for golden doodles. And that's been one of her dream dogs for the longest time. I see. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, they're the prettiest things when they're a puppy, but they look like a big old, old look. I, I call her Yoda. <laughs> she looks like Yoda with just a big old bush on top of her head. Because <laughs> it's like a picture of a golden retriever and a doodle. And a poodle all at once, so it's like a big old fluff ball. I call her like a human chia pet, some types. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Well, I mean, there's a lot to tell. I guess, I guess uh, simply, I grew up in California, Southern California, and um, had a fairly regular upbringing. My dad is from Scotland, though, so mm-hmm. a little bit of a different influence on my life kind of growing up i played soccer and stuff and and uh i got into wrestling when i was a, a kid you know i uh i definitely started um that was like one of the few things that my dad and i liked and uh we would watch that together other than soccer and uh as i grew up i got into all kinds of other things uh, i did uh I, I was in the cannabis industry for a while and uh, I uh, now I'm a filmmaker, you know, so that's the kind of okay. short version. But there's a there's all kinds of things, ups and downs along the way. It's just basically it was a lot of trial and errors, basically. Yeah. I mean, even still, that's that's kind of the definition of my yeah. life, you know. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I, I can relate to that. I, I like how you said you and your father were attached based off of wrestling because i did professional wrestling for like six years and (laughs) you you'd be amazed you know that f word fake um (laughs) it it could possibly fake but there's but it also does harm your body and that fake stuff pretty much put a beating on me for (laughs) six years and i couldn't go no more in ways but I love how you said you did stuff with the cannabis area. Uh, how did you start doing with that? So um, I, I brought up the wrestling because I saw that you were into wrestling. And so I, 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 <laughs> I, I knew that would be a, a good thing to bring up. And it's true, you know. So I still, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I've been a fan on and off. I never actually did any wrestling myself. But um, – mm-hmm. I recognize every aspect of it. I love it for what it truly is. So <laughs> it's a violent, it's a violent act. Like literally I call it a violent theatric in ways. I say the ring is like our stage. And obviously you're telling a story based off of body moves, not talking. You're based off of your movements and the, and that's how the crowd gets interacted into the matches. So I tell people all the time, it's, it's a very strong strong issue of acting <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways to do it isn't there and um i you know i've just uh growing up i saw it as like totally real as a kid and then as i learned kind of more of oh it's predetermined outcomes that kind of took away from it for a while and then i, I got kind of back into it when i saw like hardcore crazy wrestling and there's no denying how physical that is. Like you, you see that and you're like, okay, this is, this is not like anything else. I, I often call it like um, real life living comic book characters. Cause uh, it's yeah. Just I, I, yeah. Crazy. 
But um, I mean, if you think about it, everybody calls John Cena the Captain America of WWE. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> a lot of it has totally similar parallels. It's getting like the bodies are less exaggerated now in in some cases, but uh, it it uh, it has a lot of parallels to like comics and stuff like that. So <laughs> I've always liked that too. Um, cannabis, you asked me about. So mm-hmm. I got into cannabis when i was young it was um you know i tried smoking cigarettes and i tried drinking before that and i didn't like really either of those (laughs) things um i i wasn't like a happy kid and uh part of it i like to tell people this because it's uh it's kind of an interesting spin on the dare program but when i would was in school i had to go to this dare program this drug program for kids mm-hmm. to keep them off of drugs and i remember the police yeah. officer saying one time at uh one of these meetings he's like people do drugs to escape their problems because they're unhappy and uh <laughs> and i remember at a certain point later in my life thinking you know i'm unhappy and you know that policeman said people do drugs and that makes them happy i'm gonna try this mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know not the wisest of thought process but uh totally the opposite effect of what they thought that program was for um yeah so i i tried my my mom smoked cigarettes and i tried cigarettes and i just remember like it was a pretty awful experience i didn't get any sort of pleasurable like it's such a bad stench to them and yeah. i mean i i hate cutting you on that my mom my dad I, a lot of my family done cigarettes and i i was like how you were with the dare program and stuff like that man i was highly <laughs> against cigarettes. i didn't care about drinking because i really wasn't around drinking a lot it was it was the cigarettes and i mean you could smell it through yeah. everywhere like it was at my mom's I remember because we used to be in a military household, so we moved a lot. So obviously the garage was like my free area. They'd be smoking cigarettes out there all the time. So it's like just all that smoke all that time. And I was just, and I would literally, when they would buy packs, I would take them out of their mouths and throw them out. (laughs) (laughs) I hid my mom's cigarettes once or twice. Luckily, luckily, I never did because my mom told me flat out. She said, "If you ever start smoking, I'm going to hurt." Oh, yeah. Because literally, I would make my mom waste money because she would have to hide to smoke cigarettes from me because I would literally take them out of her mouth and throw them out and step on them, do anything just to get away from that stuff because I could not stand that yeah. smell. I totally all. understand, and it, I mean. Even when you're a smoker, I don't think anybody denies it. It's a horrible, horrible smell. It's like just part of the the collateral damage that you endure yeah. being a smoker. So it's I just don't understand what's the purpose of it because like obviously because I don't smoke cigarettes, but I'm just like it smells bad. Basically it's a habit it tasted thing. Such a weird taste to it. It's like I eventually did become a smoker of cigarettes, but at first it was an awful experience, right? And and then uh, huh? when I did eventually smoke cigarettes, it was mostly like a social thing that all the cool kids smoked cigarettes. 
I wanted to like kind of be part of the crowd. Some of it's subconscious. You don't even realize that it's like happening when it's happening. Yes. Somebody offers you a cigarette and somebody you like, you're like, yes. You know, like <laughs> it's, uh, and, and then it just becomes habitual. Like I remember when I quit cigarettes, uh, one of the hardest things was having something to do with my hands between classes at mm-hmm. school. Cause I would always just smoke cigarettes during like college. And uh, uh, I would do it in the car and, you know, just, ah, I'm in the car. Oh, part of that, the hardest part about it is just stopping the habit. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, when, when you look back on it, it's a lot easier to realize, ah, what a waste of time and money it was. And, but it is like a pleasurable feeling. It looks cool, like especially on camera. It looks really cool, cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was a good factor for a lot of acting gigs yeah, for a while. I get it, you know. And it's it's something that I just kind of try to look at as, you know, um, it's it's good that there's so much information about it that people know kind of what they're getting into when they're doing it. And, you know, it's your free choice as a, a human and an American to smoke cigarettes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they've banned it. And so you can't even have it in Disneyland at all now. You know, there's no smoking yeah. section even anywhere in the park. So it's becoming less and less part of our lives uh, collaterally as non-smokers. And uh, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, the cigarettes... Obviously, now it's the vape oh, yeah. nation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the funny thing is, it was supposed to start to help you start quitting. But now it seems like people are just vaping just oh, to yeah. be. It's a whole other thing. Part right. of the. It's the whole. And, and cigarettes, as less of, of a part of our lives they are, you're absolutely right. Some of it has been replaced by these vapes, and they're more of a part <laughs> of our lives in like situations where you would never have had to deal with cigarettes. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. At least they don't smell yeah, bad. I agree with that. I don't I won't mind if someone's smoking vape around me because obviously I, I get a nice little fresh little smell out of it. It's not like that hot, just pup, just nasty smell where that stench just comes off of you literally yeah. all day. Some of those it's giant like, clouds can be pretty off. awful. Um, but the cigarettes were still worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But so, um, so, I know we're off topic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, off I, that. that's all good. <laughs> Bring it all back around. So I tried. Uh, it's a great chat. <laughs> didn't like them. I tried drinking. My dad is Scottish, right? So people would give him scotch. Mm-hmm. So in our garage, he doesn't like it. In our garage, we have all these bottles of scotch. And so I went and I, you know, tried some of the scotch. And I remember thinking, oh, this has to have gone bad. This can't possibly be what people drink. <laughs> it was, you know, I was pretty young also. But uh, it, it burned. Terrible. Yeah, it it burned. burned. It was so horrible. I thought, oh my God, like, how do people do this and, and like enjoy it? And, um, you know, I thought marijuana <laughs> was like another level of bad. Those were drugs, you know, cigarettes and alcohol, but those were mm-hmm. okay still in my eyes, like because they were legal subconsciously i looked at them differently than i looked at other drugs i looked at those other drugs it's like very dangerous and scary you know yeah um and i met a kid that was um like the my my dad had a business partner and it was his son 
And he asked me mm-hmm. if I had ever smoked pot. And at this point, I had never smoked pot. I never even thought about smoking pot. And he clearly had smoked pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I, he knew I was like horrified when he asked me. So he kind of played it off. But then mm-hmm. he admitted that he had done it and that it was an enjoyable experience for him. So that opened my mind to it. And then music at that time started to really bring it back. I was young during the Just Say No campaign of the 80s. And so pot and all those drugs were like drugs. It wasn't like cigarettes. Yeah. And so now when I heard Cypress Hill come out, and they were talking about smoking pot a lot. And it was like this popular uh, – it wasn't on the radio really. People were like passing around the CD. It was like my – I think I was like eighth grade, seventh grade, somewhere right around then. And uh, and it was like the cool thing now was these guys, mm-hmm. they were like gang members. They were like doing all this crazy stuff. And part of their life was they were smoking pot. And they would talk about pot pretty gloriously. Yeah, pretty much every single song <laughs> had like some great reference to how wonderful it was to be high. And, um, and then, like I started noticing in other music. And... Like I hadn't, mm-hmm. I'd heard other music, but that kind of had escaped me really. I, I didn't really notice it. And it maybe been mentioned or like Rolling Stones mentioned it in one of their songs, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. the Cypress Hill experience. So I tried pot with a friend who, uh, we, he got it from like somebody at his school. He was like much cooler than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, well, he was much more popular at his high school than I was, you know, I was very quiet and just not a popular kid ever. And, um, he knew one of the popular kids that had pot and he bought pot and like, literally we bought a leaf, a marijuana leaf. (laughs) Okay. And we thought, okay, we're going to smoke pot before the movie Friday. And this is going to be great. You know? And uh, it was like pot was the new hot thing, you know? And so we smoked this leaf and it was a stupid, like we went behind a, a tennis court and smoked it and it was this ridiculous experience. And none of us got high, obviously. And we didn't even know why at this point. We we're like, oh, we didn't do enough, you know? <laughs> Where's the on and off switch? But like, eventually we got pot from like somebody that went to our school that was a cool guy. And we were like going to these youth group classes and they went to the, like the youth group classes and like they smoked pot for real. And mm-hmm. they sold us some pot and I smoked it like, one time by myself when I was talking to my girlfriend at the time and uh, I was watching the Simpsons and I remember the Simpsons was so hilarious. And I was, I was (laughs) from there on out. That was it. Like I was a pothead. I loved pot. And anytime I could get pot, I had no money, obviously. So I pretty much very seldomly smoked it, but I loved pot from that moment on. Never mm-hmm. was there a point where I didn't like it anymore. <laughs> so okay. uh, hey. and I learned about the medical stuff about <laughs> it later on. And 
I started to realize kind of mm-hmm. some of my use was medical, yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. and, and some of it was like this weird social thing too, where I still wasn't one of the cool kids and I never liked cigarettes, but as I smoked pot, smoking cigarettes when I was high was kind of enjoyable. So, um, that brought me into, so you kind of count. Uh, so, so like I would smoke pot from like a pipe and it would be kind of harsh on my throat. Right. And like one of the things that mm-hmm. I didn't like about cigarettes on their own was like the way that it made my throat feel. But then after like the pot yeah. would like kind of harsh it up, it was like smooth. I don't know how to describe it. And some like, especially like menthol cigarettes or like clove cigarettes, they like gave you this like kind of extra high. Like it was a like a, like a spin on it you know yeah it was, really? it was a weird kind of twist and and so in europe now that i know this um i i ended up going to amsterdam many many times for the cannabis cup and i've like won a few cannabis cups and in amsterdam they smoke with tobacco it's the like way that culturally they smoke it they look at us americans smoking pure is mm-hmm. crazy even still and they have hash which is like super concentrated, right? They'd smoke cash with tobacco and they'll still look at us as smoking like regular flour as pretty crazy. But um, it's because <laughs> it's like, it gives like, it's a different thing. When you smoke a spliff, that's like part tobacco, part, part cannabis. Mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy it, but I recognize it that it, it it's, um, it's a different kind of high. And, and, you know, in a way, we were kind of doing that by smoking pot and then smoking cigarettes. So it's kind okay. of similar, not exactly the same because, you know, the filter and the tobacco is different. And, you know, there's a lot of things that make it kind of different, but it was still very similar. And uh, as a kid, that was like very enjoyable. And that's how I like started smoking cigarettes and became one of the cool kids kind of through this, like. Through smoking pot. Yeah. (laughs) You made it. I I was like total, total nerd. You know, granted, I'm still kind of a total nerd. But like I became friends with these kids that were like the cool kids that I that I always wanted to be friends with when I was young. And and like I also started realizing like, oh, it's not as cool to be one of the cool kids as it seems on the outside. Like there's a lot of great parts to it and, and like that whole aspect of like being a popular kid in high school i never i never was you know but um wow mm-hmm. what a different experience that whole life is from from that perspective this the sad thing though is also like um privately a lot of those kids have other things mm-hmm. going on that make it you know not as great you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to go back a little bit when you talk sure. about the Amsterdam thing. Uh, when you said can- the cannabis Okay, cup, so what is High that? Times Magazine is a very popular United States magazine. It still exists for now. <laughs> but uh, for a while, you know, when print was out there, it was like a super popular magazine that a lot of people didn't want you to know they would get. It would, it would come like in the porn wrapper. It was like in this black wrapper to your house. So nobody could see the pot leaves that were all over the cover. And 
And uh, they were like this, this crazy thing that was somehow legal in the United States where they covered the culture of cannabis in all sorts of different ways. So from like growing, they would have all these like pictures of cannabis and, and they would just cover the music and everything they could cover pot related. And, and a lot of times they would cover non-pot related stuff that was like just popular culture, you know, especially mm-hmm. drug related stuff and music related stuff. So it was like a cool thing. And at some point they decided, I think it was the early nineties, the editors and like some of the people that were the higher ups decided they're going to go to Amsterdam and have their own little private competition. And they were going to like cover it in the magazine. Maybe that, that was how they were going to pay for it probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I do know that that's kind of how it originated. It was this private thing for the first few cannabis cups. You couldn't go as like a public person. You were had to be like part of the in crowd that was part of High Times magazine. And um, what they were doing mm-hmm. was there was this kind of loophole in, in Dutch law where they decided at some point that they weren't going to prosecute people for smoking cannabis. And so there was cannabis seed companies and they were selling cannabis and people were growing cannabis. And it just kind of became this part, like, as long as you're not infringing upon other people's rights and like being a bother to society, that we're going to let you do this. And it's not legal per se, but it's not illegal per se. And so for small amounts of cannabis, you could have that. In, in Amsterdam and walk around and be quasi in this gray area of legal and non-legal. And that's still how it is over there. It is not legal, quote unquote. So they have all these weird little ways of dealing with the laws over there. And eventually like coffee shops started happening, right? Where they were selling actual cannabis. And now, it, yeah, yeah. especially in the early 90s, it became really, really big where there were lots of coffee shops all over the, the uh, country, I guess, and uh, the, the state of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's hundreds in this very small area. And you could kind of walk to all, all of them and they, they're not, you know, quiet. We hear we have a little bit of, of uh, advertising of cannabis now in California, but. It is not like mm-hmm. Amsterdam. Even Spain, where the the culture of cannabis is kind of moved to for Europe, they don't have this in-your-face mm-hmm. cannabis stuff that Amsterdam has. You go there, and like the coffee shops have these bright neon lights with weed leaves, and they're all themed out with different kind of cannabis themes. And there's T-shirts mm-hmm. and souvenir shops and it's in your face people are smoking weed just sitting down in the middle of the street and when like i went there in the 90s after the cannabis cup had kind of been going on for a few years and it became this established thing in the magazine where you could buy like a little travel package and go over to amsterdam and experience this competition between all the coffee shops of who had the best weed in the world so it was based yeah. off of and coffee that's shops. kind of how it worked. Like as you would go over there, you would figure it out. So a lot of people would have misconceptions about how the cannabis cup worked. But the way it actually worked was you had to physically go 
to each coffee shop and buy the cannabis cup entry. You didn't get that by buying mm-hmm. your, your cannabis cup pass that high times would sell that pass mm-hmm. got you into an expo where there were all these booths. It was kind of like a cannabis convention. And uh, a lot of the companies mm-hmm. that were competing in the cannabis cup would have booths there to promote their entries and to promote their products and, and other stuff um, and sell seeds and things like that. But you couldn't buy cannabis there. You still, if you wanted to try the cannabis, all of the cannabis that was entered in the cannabis cup, you had to go to each shop. Otherwise, you were maybe getting to try it at a booth where they were giving it away for free for, you know, a day or for the whole cup. Or there was a wide variety of, of um, financially how much money these coffee shops made and how much they were willing to put into the cannabis cup. So your experience as an attendee mm-hmm. was very different and you got the same vote no matter who you were. So you could vote on the cannabis cup if you bought a okay. judge's pass and you got to go to the concerts. There were maybe different concerts every night, different parties every night for a week in Amsterdam. You like explored the city through going to these parties and going to these coffee shops and it was this beautiful, beautiful experience that no longer exists. And uh, so it was, was it like a year, yearly right event? Harvest time. So in like late November, kind of around Thanksgiving, basically, uh, you would go mm-hmm. to Amsterdam. And I'm like, I had to do this many times. I had to tell my parents, I'm not going to be at Thanksgiving. You know, I'm going to Amsterdam for the Cannabis Cup. And I'm going to be there for... The, the actual cup was maybe five days and you would want to be there mm-hmm. for longer than that so that you could do a few other things in the city that you wanted to do. You were going to Amsterdam. Probably you wanted to maybe go try out one of the museums, but there's other stuff too. Amsterdam had legalized soft drugs. So you could legal legally take mushrooms in Amsterdam. You could, you know, there's, there's a variety of legal drugs that you could buy, <laughs> and, and, you know, like you, you wanted to. It sounds like a purge of is, drugs, really basically. Like experience. It, it like, you, you came from America. And you're like, I live in America. We're free. <laughs> we have freedom. And then you went to Amsterdam <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is what freedom really is like. <laughs> <laughs> Walk yeah, around it was, it was a, another like level where you're like oh my god you know we're not as free as we think we are in many ways in america and then you know maybe some of that is a good thing but uh you know it was on the <laughs> opener, i was like 18 maybe 20 and like you also learned more mm-hmm. about the medical side because they had um cannabis museums and then you would see like oh historically this was medicine they have all these bottles from america so they they preached that to you around that time also so they kind of like told you like hey this is also yes. a medical benefit when Absolutely. these events you would, and stuff you like would that. start to meet people that you know me still i was recreationally mostly using cannabis and i loved cannabis because I loved it recreationally. I was getting into it the same way a lot of people get into wine when they're like, oh, I learned about 
you know, different places that grow these grapes. And I learned about the different grapes that grow in these different places. And you start learning these little subtle details about it. And you start like developing a passion for this culture of this, this thing. And it's at a certain point, I was still just recreational, but you would meet people at these events. They were using it for medical purposes and it was undeniable for them. You know, like you would maybe hear about, oh, smoking pot helps you with your cancer. And you could imagine that if you had ever had the munchies before, you're like, well, that would help me eat. If I were sick to a point where I was having trouble eating, smoking pot's pretty likely to be one of the extraordinarily few things that could do that. So you, you kind of thought about it in that sense, but you never thought about it in the way that we're starting to learn that like extremely large doses of eating cannabis can actually kill some of these diseases or make them extraordinarily livable, you know? So. All right. I want to, I want to talk about a little bit of this. So what do you believe the difference now with cannabis? Because now in the U S I think it's starting to get really big and I never was really, I never was around it until I went to college. And then obviously that's where, I mean, I played, I was playing college basketball and stuff. So obviously if you weren't doing it, you weren't in the group type scenario. And I never have done anything like that. And I still have it, but I'm around it. I'm not going to sit here and deny it because obviously I, because I play flag football on weekends and stuff. And I'm around guys that are former NFL players, former semi-pro players and stuff like that. And that's what they do. That's what they do all day, every day is just smoke <laughs> weed, then go play ball. Like that's just how they run. And crazy to see like all that stuff, but, and like how you said it's recreational and medical and stuff like that. Like there's so many guys that have so many knee injuries, knee problems and stuff like that. They'll smoke weed yeah. and it's like a pain reliever somehow. And they just keep playing and keep going. Um, the one thing I want to know is what's the difference between the outlook of marijuana now compared to what it was back then? Because back then it was kind of like, I mean, I was kind of sheltered in ways. I would say, uh, smoking was bad, period. Didn't matter what it was. Smoking was bad. Drinking was bad. Uh, crack, all that crap. I've never been around any of that stuff, luckily, but that was always wrong. That was never something to take. That was always bad, bad, bad. Now, I say, and I've even had this discussion with some of my family members now about marijuana. And I say, if you're doing it in a smart way, and if it's for a purpose that that's what's good for you, then it's not a shame on you type moment. Like I have had an open mind now where I'm like, you know what? Marijuana is not as bad as I thought it was. (laughs) Um, In ways I took CBD stuff to learn how to go to sleep because sometimes I I have trouble going to sleep. So I'll take a CD, a CBD gummy or something like that, which it probably doesn't have that much in it. It's just, I've never been around stuff like that. And obviously it's in cereal, everything. It's basically in all kinds of stuff now. So okay, Florida. Okay. So Florida, I believe has medical. Yeah. But uh, they don't have, Yeah, do they have recreational yet? I don't think they have. I'm not totally sure. I know my, I know my brother does all that stuff and he got his medical card right when they started doing the medical thing. Cause I pushed him. I was like, you better go get your medical card (laughs) because he just came out of the military. I was like, it's PTSD. The the best thing you can do. And and I still, 
have my medical card. And and I believe that as you, if you travel to other states, you know, it can be very different from state to state. There's some states that still do not recognize mm-hmm. medical. They do not recognize recreational. They look at it just like it used to be looked at. And a lot of that also was when we first started doing some of this stuff in California, if you ran into certain members of authority, they would not acknowledge these laws. They're like, I know that we liberals changed all this stuff in California, but I don't look at it as medical. And so I'm going to, you know, respond to any sort of cannabis situation as if it were entirely illegal still so there were there were growing pains throughout all of this for all of us and um i i went through some of what you went through because i had heard these things were bad you know and then as you start like experience some some of the things you start realizing well i could see how some of this pot makes you lazy type stuff is it it's theoretically true for some people because it's very easy to mm-hmm. just go smoke pot and, you know, hang out and enjoy your life rather than do something that you don't enjoy. So a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of people can kind of fall in these bad habits. Um, I also like to say that sometimes it's not necessarily pot. That could be, you know, if you eat hamburgers, you know, you, that could be your bad habit and that could make you very, you know, physically unmotivated to do things. And there's all kinds of things that you could do other than mm-hmm. pot. It's not necessarily pot's fault, but it sometimes is the crutch that people kind of <laughs> lean on to support their bad habit. I, I see it as somebody's always yeah, looking yeah. for an excuse. So I'm going to get something. into medical though right now. So what, we learned now, um, as time has progressed, certain places have been studying cannabis. And this is the big problem with the United States right now, is that cannabis currently is a Schedule One drug. That means that it is no medicinal value. Now, even your, anyone that is against pot, I'm pretty sure they could see some medicinal value like we talked about before. The munchies, come on, that's a medicinal value. That's creating a hunger. That's something that almost nothing does. That alone should give us reason to deschedule mm-hmm. cannabis to a lower schedule. And as you do that, then we can test it. Then more places can be a part of experimenting with this plant. And granted, we're able to do it more now through other means of uh, getting permission. But for the longest time, you couldn't really test pot because it's Mm -hmm. a Schedule 1 drug. And so we had to rely on other places kind of coming out with new uh, results. And as we're learning about uh, pot, we started to learn about ourselves. And what we have, all humans, a lot of animals, I'm pretty sure all animals actually, have what they call the endocannabinoid system okay now when you are eating certain plants and other things uh you have phytocannabinoids uh cannabis gives you phytocannabinoids Mm -hmm. they work with your endocannabinoid system but you 
uh, have a system in your body that basically is made to work with cannabis. And uh, the way that it works with your body is it heals your body. And we're starting to learn that certain parts of cannabis, uh, now we're seeing CBD becoming one of those chemicals that's really, really popular. Uh, They interact with the endocannabinoid system Mm -hmm. in a certain way that creates a healing effect. And as we're learning more about this system, we're starting to learn more about how cannabis can interact with it and create a healing benefit in various different ways. Okay. Um, how do you feel about like the CBD stuff, like the, how they're using stuff now, like say like for cream, ointment, uh, now lotion, shampoo. Yes. Well, I mean, so it's I in everything. I have a problem with some of it, but I do know that a lot of the healing that they are talking about is authentic. Um, I became suspicious when I started mm-hmm. to see, I mean, there's CBD clothing. So <laughs> there I haven't heard that one yet. There's, I mean, when, when Carl's Jr. is doing CBD in their hamburger for 420, you start to be like, okay, like, what is the point of this? Is somebody getting a medical benefit by getting CBD in their hamburger? Or is this just a gimmick, you know? Really, yeah, yeah, they're they really had a little promotion. Hamburger? Like one of their burgers had CBD in it. And it was like the, the 420 burger or whatever it was. And, um, you know, I get it. And, and <laughs> not that that's a problem. But let's be honest about what's going on here. How much help is your CBD clothing providing? Yeah. Because CBD... The only benefit from it is a medical benefit, right? So if you're getting sold CBD and you're not getting a medical benefit, what are you getting? You're just kind of getting sold a gimmick. And unfortunately, it is an unregulated product right now. So as you go and buy CBD at 7-Eleven or your local gas station or wherever you may be buying CBD at this point, some of those products might not have the accurate amount of CBD that they say they have in them. Some of them might Mm -hmm. have no CBD in them at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been. Just kind of has like a trademark. So I advise people to try and like find a reputable company. So find somebody that you trust, you know, find something that is likely to be a real product and, and go with that. And some of the benefits, especially the benefits for pain are truly authentic. Um, even when you are mm-hmm. talking about the authentic benefits, they don't work for everyone. The studies, they show you like a certain percent right. of people that took this real CBD and have this problem had benefits from it, but it wasn't 100%. So there's some people that are still going to have problems uh, when they're taking it. It also can be different from brand to brand. So I advise people to not entirely give up and mm-hmm. try a product and it didn't work for you or that you develop a tolerance to it uh you yeah it's kind of like how when you first tried weed and you didn't feel anything from it but obviously you try it again exactly you felt a whole different type of stuff after one bad experience because it could be one of these other little anomaly things that was the reason that you didn't get the benefit you're looking for so and yeah, I just hope that other people are more try to use common sense when you see CBD clothing, when you see CBD in some, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. So what, what's the benefit well, this, theoretically, with the CBD claiming like a pain, So what would be the uh, benefit reduction from this? So kind of like those copper fit type things. So say like if you got arthritis in your arm, it they have those kind of copper fit things yeah. for your arm just to it basically keep. Kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've I, never heard of know, the clothing granted, part. So that's maybe pretty they're cool. onto something that I'm being a little bit skeptical of, but <laughs> it seems like when we're talking about some of the things that are being exaggerated about the benefits of CBD, that's likely to be one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, uh, I mean, it's a funny story. It's the first time I ever was around it. one of my friends that came from overseas and stuff, and he came home, and he had this bag of gummies. And, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what was in them. And I thought they were original gummies, so I ate a good amount of these things. And yeah, yeah. didn't feel the right. Yeah. <laughs> <So. laughs> Well, I mean, he told me, like, don't worry, it's just this, blah, blah, blah. And this is sure. when I was, like, never on anything. Like, I didn't do anything. I didn't even drink until I was, like, almost 19 years old. So, like I said, I was pretty kind of sheltered in ways. But I, I kept my distance. Like, I I could be a follower in some things. I say, like, how I listen to music and stuff like that. But when it came to, like, something with my health, I was sure. very adamant of saying no. And I was never going to have anything to interrupt my chances because I, I wanted to play college basketball. I wanted to play sports at a high level. So I was always like, that's going to affect me. No, I'm not going to do that. And I mean, you watch the movies and stuff like that. There was never a movie that was like, hey, uh, I did I did coke and I, I became a millionaire <laughs> from it. No, you watch yeah. these movies and you're like, I wish I didn't do it. Like they kind of gave a lesson in it, but it was also like, it gave you one situation and you just were just judgmental on that. And you're like, right. Okay. That's bad. Never doing that. Never doing marijuana, stuff like that. So obviously now we're at that era where I, I would say like movies, like, you know, like watching a Batman or a Superman movie. Um, back then you knew Batman and Superman were the good guys. And obviously Lex Luthor, Yep. Uh, Two-Face and all these guys were the bad guys. Now we're in the era it's like, was Joker really a bad guy? Because he was bullied and he was this and that. And Batman was just a prima donna rich guy. So what makes him a good guy out of this? Like, there's just those type of things now it just makes you realize, like, you know what? You oh, get yeah. to choose yeah, the who's the good guy and who's the bad guy type scenario. about right now is that we have this new Karate Kid series that's out and that's the whole premise of it is kind of going back now and exactly was he the is good daniel guy really the good guy, guy. <laughs> it's like oh maybe this guy's kind of likable and i you know i didn't look <laughs> i will say this that remake they've done so far has oh, been fun. very very good and i was hesitant at first when i first was thinking about it. I was like the oh. Karate Kid two and three was yeah, I didn't garbage. Like the third one at all. Like, I, like, I don't know what you're gonna do. Like, I did not know what they were gonna do with it. But man, this remake they've got on this show has been remarkable. And I was just like, okay. And the sad thing is when they did the season three, and I, of course <laughs> they messed up when they put it on Netflix because you don't get a pause <laughs> button. I literally watched the whole season in a night. So it's like, 
oh man, like I just spent yep. my whole night just watching the season. I totally <laughs> it just feel the same way. Like I, I, I love all kinds <laughs> of different projects, and this project is like more kind of like geared for a younger age person but i still love it i think it's super fun mm-hmm. and i love all the like older age kind of like for my age type person spin that they've put into it you, you start watching you start watching it because of them but you want oh, yeah. to know more about the younger characters like sam miguel and all them like you really want to know more about them but obviously when we first watch it you're just worried about johnny lugo and obviously, Chris uh-huh. coming oh, at the yeah. very end, you're like, oh, 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 what's going on here? So, that was a great show. Um, I know we were talking about cannabis, man. That was a definitely good chat. I I definitely learned a lot from it because I've been wanting to do an episode about it because, obviously, I've, I'm not – I don't do it. I don't smoke pot. I don't do any of that. Yeah. But I know – <laughs> well, well, 90% like of the society, people yeah, I know yeah, probably do like now we have we have legalized cigarettes we have legalized drinking pot is like right in between there as far as how intoxicating it is and you know how much of a problem it is for you in any sort of way um, you know I find alcohol is still by far the more strong Oh, yeah. yeah, I hear alcohol is a mm-hmm. lot worse. And I mean, I and I drink. I occasionally drink. I drink maybe like two to three times a year in ways. Sure. Like that's just how I've always been. Like, man, I like I said, I, I'm just very like strict on some things. Like sometimes I'll drink a little bit more just to mm-hmm. just to just to have some, I guess. Cause I mean, I, I gotta realize that like, you know what? I'm <laughs> I'm actually an adult now. So right. it's not like I'm shun upon if I drink, but it's just like I don't want to just do it so regularly, like how my old family, because we have a bad drinking pass with all of my family and stuff like that. So it's just cool to see what, what the marijuana industry has actually become now, because like how you said, (laughs) you can see it in gas stations. Oh yeah. It's uh, coming. Walmart, stuff like that. And Walmart never used to sell stuff with that. that. Even as I'm walking out the market, there's like a CBD rack of all these like different CBD products. And they got it in big signs because obviously back then they had them in the very far back and you had to, you had to literally look for some of them to be saying, Hey, hemp oil or something like that. Products essentially that, that um, hemp, the, people didn't know the selling point of it at that point was that hemp is very high in CBD. So all those products back, if they have hemp, Mm -hmm. it's very likely that they're very high in CBD. So people could have been getting a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. from these things similarly um, from all those products, but they just didn't really know that it was the CBD thing. And like you said, they were with the, they all had the cannabis leaf on them, you know? So that means, oh, this has to mm-hmm. be out of sight of children. This has to be out of sight of like the general public. Anybody who's going to complain, who's going to make this a problem. So it was hard to find, yeah, for sure. And they didn't sell as well either back then. Now that it's CBD mm-hmm. craze, I mean, yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. Like you can oh, yeah. turn around, and you not see something with CBD. Uh, obviously oh yeah right next That's to it absolutely. Anyways, too <laughs> i'll tell you another funny thing so when i went to europe the last time it was a few years ago 
and I was walking around um, Amsterdam, I started to see, oh, like they have CBD, but their CBD is like with their hospitals. Like it's with the medical stuff, the real medical stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as you went to the pot people, a lot of them didn't even know what it was. It's like, what? And now it's probably different. But a few years ago, they still didn't know about it at all. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's really unique now, like how serious it's gotten now. Because I was, we've been so grown on like, hey, drugs is bad. Don't do it. Now it's like, well, marijuana. I mean, you just you started in college, right. so right. obviously it's not as bad as you think. Type scenario, stuff like that. But um, I want to go okay. on and so talk about, about what you, what do you something. do now? Uh, yeah, what, so, so uh, as I was doing, doing the cannabis stuff, I did all kinds of things in the cannabis industry. I grew, I made hash um, a, a few times. I, you, so you, you were mentioning uh, vaping. So another really popular thing now with, with cannabis is mm-hmm. dabbing, right? Which is essentially vaporizing uh, cannabis through this. There's this new kind of like more popular, more refined concentrate um it's similar to hash oil of the olden days like in the 60s and i'm sure you've maybe heard of hash oil right so it was a liquid consistency concentrated cannabis and now we've got different refining methods different kind of chemicals that are um non-polar or you know things that are different for extracting the um the active ingredients in in the cannabis out from the plant separating plant material from the the part that you want all the essential oils that you want and now we've got like a liquid version of of hash that people call Mm -hmm. there's variety of different names rosin bho shatter earwax there's all these different names but it's all kind of the same thing in in consistency basically something that is somewhat hard you know you know solid enough that you could kind of put it on the end of a of a, a tool like a what a lot of people use are these kind of cuticle tools for or like they look like dental tools so they've got yeah. this gall this essentially dab it's like a little blob of oil or whatever it is at the end of this tool and then they they have a device for smoking cannabis that's similar to like a bong people call them oil rigs and so it's this new kind of product where you just can get it hot and then you touch this oil to the hot part and it vaporizes instantly so there's no fire and it just kind of boils up and you get this smoke vapor and it's the taste is way better than like a smoke taste and it, a lot of it tastes just like the way that the plant smells so even like you you've said about the vapor being like this pleasant dabbing is can be this really pleasant flavor experience of consuming cannabis that pretty much did not exist before and so um, I was one of the people that introduced the tools for doing this into the cannabis cup. Um, we based our tool off of another tool that was kind of popularized online and it came from Canada. And 
now there's been this whole evolution of tools mm-hmm. to where they've got these very specific um, tools that they call bangers that a lot of uh, the oil rigs use. And then now there's also electric dabbing rigs where you don't have to heat it up with like an external torch or an external like lighter of any kind. It's just an electric thing. You like push a button and it heats up. And this is like the cutting edge um, way of consuming cannabis, you know? So as a smoker, if you're like the ultimate smoker Mm -hmm. right now, that's basically the way that you smoke is through dabbing. And so all my cannabis cup stuff and like my experience uh, is all through that because I was one of the very early adopters of this whole thing. And I, me and a lot of my friends were part of popularizing it early on when it was very unknown. So I, in 2009, I won the cannabis cup for best product at the cannabis, uh, at, in high times at the cannabis cup there. And then in 2012, uh, we won another cannabis cup for the first ever domeless nail, which is, if you know about nails, like before they used to all have like this uh, dome that you had to use. And then eventually that became kind of worked out of it. And all the current dabbing tools right now work under the same patent that we had for the, the first ever domeless nail. So very revolutionary in the way that cannabis is consumed for people that are like knowledgeable about it, that know me in that sense. Like sometimes people have pretty high regard for all the things that I've done in, uh, in that sense. And, uh, but that, that took me to my journey now, basically as dabbing was becoming popular, we started creating these events that were really, really like popular amongst all the people that were in this new culture of cannabis Mm -hmm. and some of the older people were fighting against it at first there's a lot of infighting in the cannabis industry and the older people were like what is this new thing oh chemicals bad no can't be medically beneficial this has to be like drugs and it it was a this whole like thing where they didn't want us to really be part of their events for a while and then slowly they kind of started accepting oh well you have this kind of a hash i'll accept it into the competition reluctantly but then it would win the competition like oh okay like this they're very threatened by how high the quality and and how enjoyable the experience of of this is so like Oh yeah, some there's a lot of they were upset about it for a little bit. Not being mainstream, a lot of people have Uh their ego attached to whatever relationship they have with cannabis. Like, so in my circle of friends, all my friends look at me as the cannabis guy, and I'm like the head honcho. And then I go to like the cannabis cup, and I'm not the cannabis guy anymore. I'm a small fish to the other really big fish that are actually out there. And it's not such an enjoyable experience for a lot of people. And a lot of people mentally can't deal with it. And and granted, there's some truth to some of it where you're like, those people are not authentically as good as me. And, you know, but a lot of it is like not true too, where people are just like, oh, dismiss this, dismiss that. And that was what was happening with with this uh, kind of hash. Very, very early on, people were very dismissive of it. Like this clearly is a bad thing you guys are crazy for doing all this stuff and and uh we fought against you know kind of pretty harsh 
um, negativity from the the leaders of the cannabis industry at the early stages. But um, you know, I defeated them in competition also, which wasn't uh, <laughs> which wasn't so enjoyable for them, I think. And and then you started to see like there's this undeniable movement of people that were into this and so we started this event to kind of showcase we're like well you want us not to really be part of your events and you're not going to showcase us in the way that we really deserve to be showcased at the actual events that were getting bigger and bigger and becoming a part of the united states culture now not just in amsterdam and uh we were like, we'll make an event only for us. Basically we're going to have, well, I mean, you could enter any kind of hash, but we already know what's going to win. So yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody pretty much at first was entering this same kind of hash of some version of this, this BHO uh, basically at first. And then as the other methods started to get more refined mm-hmm. and get to a level of enjoyability and, and the experience that the BHO was at, you started to see a shift in our events. And as we were doing these events, I really early on noticed, oh, we have something extremely special here. I want to capture this. I don't want this just to be forgotten about. I don't want to be like having to tell these stories and like, you know, nobody knowing what we're even talking about here and it just being lost part of cannabis history, just lost in the, the shuffle. So I started having a film crew come out to our events. And then it was really expensive. And uh, after like a couple events, I'm like, man, I need to do something more with this than just, you know, document. First, I was thinking, okay, maybe highlight reels that would popularize our event, enable us to sell more tickets and make more money. And like somehow this investment will be worthwhile. And then we'll also have the documented events and, you know, show a little bit of what we're doing. But it got so expensive, I immediately was like, oh, I have to make like a movie out of this and then try and sell the movie because this is just so expensive. And um, say again? Was it a major draw? So Was it a major we draw? We was there a lot of people? Crazy numbers. But then eventually I started working with another person on another event. And the goal of that event was to be as big as possible. Mm -hmm. And so that event essentially, I mean, I think the last year I worked it, it was like 40,000 people or something, you know? Yeah. So super crazy big and, you know, colossal money. Like, and there's still, there's still a place for those kind of events. Like right now there aren't really the laws changed and, you know, the way that they were doing a lot of those events wasn't the best way. So there's um, a lot of people came out with other events thinking they were going to mm-hmm. make a bunch of money and then they didn't. So, you know, some of those are just lost in cannabis history. But, uh, you know, there's also room for the story to continue. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of the that especially that bigger event maybe somehow becomes reborn in some way. But our event was not really it wasn't huge numbers. Some of our events had maybe a few thousand people at it, but some of our events only had like a few hundred people at best. Um, it was the, the kind of people mm-hmm. that were coming out. We also traveled. So I, I did these events internationally. I eventually, I did one in Amsterdam. I did one in Spain 
and okay. like the stories about that i mean i could go on forever you could have me on another show and i'll just tell you all the times i almost got arrested at the seeker cup because uh <laughs> it's a whole bunch of Man, like there's so many experiences, <laughs> like uh, military police in Spain, canine units in Humboldt, like a whole bunch of crazy stories. But um, I wasn't able to videotape all of them because we ran out of money. And then the process of kind of finishing the film took a really long time. And uh, eventually I thought that certain people mm-hmm. in the industry were going to be able to open doors for me that they just truly could not open. And uh, granted, maybe my product wasn't the the product that it needed to be to open those doors either. But uh, I eventually met somebody that was willing to kind of look at my uh, film that we made. And he he saw potential in it. And he started to connect me with the right people to, to kind of open those doors. And the, that film still is not released, but it is almost completed now. And it will be getting released this year. Um, in the process of doing this, I started to learn, oh, some of the things I did were very wrong. And I had to go back and correct a lot of these things and like make up for certain mistakes uh, that I made. Doing a new project was a lot easier. And so we started to immediately do new film projects. And mm-hmm. at this point, I've released, I think, 10 different documentaries about various different subjects. First three I did was all about medical cannabis and basically cancer and its relationship to cannabis and how exactly you use cannabis to fight cancer. So um, one of the things I've watched, say again. Is that, is that, I I hate to cut you off on that. Um, Do you think that's actually one way to actually help people Go basically. So what I would yeah I would absolutely say watch it if you have Amazon Prime you can watch these show these movies for free they're free Um, some of them are on Tubi TV which is also free and I think they're on some of the free streaming platforms you might be able to find them free somewhere Mm -hmm. else but uh, um, we also have them available for sale certain places and if you look for them you will find them and um, the my name put my name into imdb (laughs) jeremy nori and you will find all of my movies and you'll be able to kind of look for where you can find them but in the cannabis versus cancer we give you there's a healer that i met through the events and i've seen some really profound experiences through this guy and uh I wanted him to tell his story and we, we have him telling his story and we have a few of the people who have been healed through this medicine uh, telling their story. And like, there's a couple of stories. Where All right. I want to give a major shout out to Casey graphics. Um, they literally are phenomenal. I just had them do my Wild Boys flags for upcoming for Panama. Uh, phenomenal look. They did a, such a great job, detailed everything. And not only do they do flags, guys, they do backpacks, uniforms, wedding invitations, pictures, you name it. If you want it, they will make it. Uh, they will not disappoint you. And if you need to get a hold of them, check them out on Facebook and Instagram at KC Graphics Design. Uh, that is KC Graphics Design. 
I'm telling y'all, y'all will not be disappointed. Uh, they do phenomenal. Check them out. KC Graphics. All right, all right. Time to get to go home. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Jeremy Noray coming on here today and just having a great chat with us. Like I said, that was part one, ladies and gentlemen. Part two will be out this following Friday. Uh great chat man we went from talking about cannabis to this for part two is going to be talking about how he got into movie producing and what what all stuff that he has encountered and what helped him through this stuff obviously cannabis was a big accolade for him for a long time and uh man just the knowledge that we found out about that stuff man i it it blows my mind like you were raised on something different, and then when you grow up and stuff, you actually see the stuff around, and you see that it does help people. I see. They got the goods and the bads, but, I mean, you just take what you are. It's your opinion. It's your point of view of it, and I just appreciate Jeremy for coming on here today and giving us the knowledge that he has on this, like... Obviously, he's done his homework on <laughs> on weed, and it's crazy to see. The craziest part, I thought, was when I heard that there was CBD clothing. I have never heard of that one, and that one was really, really interesting. But, like I said, guys, this was part one. Part two will be out next Friday. All right, guys, time to get the go-home cue. Time to get it going. Time to get it rolling. Like I said, guys, this Saturday night, Lake City, Florida, I will be there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, history making. I will be there. Uh, 20-man battle royal, sign me up. Uh, like I said, guys, this is not a guarantee that I'm back. I'm This is damn sure is not going to be one where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be wrestling full-time again. Not happening. I know my body will not be able to do that again. One reason why I'm so healthy now is because I'm not in the ring consistently or all the time. So let's just see what we do, see how that goes for us this weekend. I'm excited. It's been a long time, been a long time waiting. I can't wait to see everyone's smiley faces. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to let everybody know also, man. When y'all listen to these episodes, let us know what y'all think of these. Uh, let me know some advices and stuff, like what what topics y'all would like to talk about. What who, what type of guests would y'all like to for me to interview? Because man, all of this feedback each and every week that y'all give me, I look at it, I scan it, skim, scan whatever you want me to say, and I try. To make it happen for y'all. I do this for... I'm Literally, guys. Y'all are the... <laughs> y'all are the glue to this operation. No lie at all, man. I could not do this at all without any of y'all. But I appreciate y'all. I, lo I love every single one of y'all. And most importantly, guys, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. And like I said, part two with Jeremy Noray will be this following Friday. On Buzz One Marlowe. So stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoyed part one because part two even gets even better. Ooh, yeah. All right, guys. 
time to I want everyone to have a good weekend, a good Friday. Have some fun. Do what you need to do. Make sure you are being safe, COVID safe wise, I guess. Uh, obviously, we have gotten the approval. We will be getting another stimulus check, ladies and gentlemen. So, whoo, bank is running, I guess. All right, guys. I hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more down the road. Later. How's it going, everyone? Warren Marlow off of Buzzing with Marlow. Uh, if you haven't, I know with any platform that you are on, uh, to keep having us grow more and more, uh, we are so grateful that we've gotten the iHeartRadio gig. We would like everyone to like, subscribe, and just add our channel. It helps us keep growing more and more. Also, leave a five-star review. Uh, leave reviews. Um, what we also do is post little messages. Leave us some messages of what, how y'all think about each episode. What y'all, what y'all got out of it? What, what do y'all want us to talk about? What do you want us to kind of get the topics on a little bit? I mean, it's anything and everything. So, like I said, everyone, please like and subscribe on any platform that you are listening to us on. We greatly appreciate it. Also, stay tuned every Friday for Buzzing with Marlo. Thank y'all and have a blessed day.